Hi, everyone. Welcome to News and Brews Sports Biz, our podcast series that advocates for the financial voices in college athletics and features new developments impacting the business of college sports. We are Katie Davis and Ken Kurtzel, representing the collegiate athletics team at James Moore. This month, we don't have a guest and are returning to our format of talking about hot topics in the industry that we've seen and, of course, enjoying great beer. So, Katie, um, Katie and I just got back from North Carolina, where we're at a partner retreat in Asheville, which gave us an excuse to go to my favorite brewery in the country, Burial Brewing. Um, So I am drinking When Destiny Fails and We All Disappear. It's a double IPA uh, from them. They have very very morbid names. Uh, So um, that's mine. What are you enjoying today? So I'm enjoying um, Preternatural Deviance, which is a triple IPA, but it tastes amazing. Um, probably one of my favorite beers I've had. So I am a believer of burial beer. Ken's been talking about it for a long time. And a side note, you would have been really entertained at us at the airport because we were trying to pack the <laughs> beer into our suitcases. And uh, Ken brought two bags because, you know, we love beer. And um and one of his bags was way overweight. So we're standing at the check-in line, shifting beer around, and uh, everyone got to see how much beer we were bringing home to enjoy. So it was a really funny moment. It was a very funny but tense moment. As oh, we yeah. tried I mean, to move 65 pounds down to 50. Yeah, I mean, we needed a beer <laughs> in so, that yeah. moment. Um, so here's the thing, though. It's November. Um, November is a month of Thanksgiving. And I'm tired of talking about depressing stuff. And I've been on phone calls and meetings with clients and friends in the industry. And I ask them questions about some of these hot topics we're going to touch on today. And and they literally say, we can't talk about it. We can't think about it. We don't want to borrow tomorrow's troubles today. Um, So we're going to hit on a top five hot topics. Uh, We're basically going to rapid fire through the top four so that we can focus on something uplifting. So make sure you stay tuned for the entire episode. Uh, So Ken, let's hit number one. So hot topic number one, uh, just looking at the news over the last week, uh, conference realignment. There's more uh, more schools moving or talking about moving and um, conferences uh, going from eight to 14 and all sorts of different combinations. Um, What are a couple of the big ones that caught your eye? I mean, it's it's a moving chessboard. Honestly, it's not going to settle out the way it is now. So I don't really even know. Um, I would say I think it's interesting that um, just the shift of of things and even looking forward. I think it was the D1 ticker had this great um, graphic mm, yeah. of of the conference realignment in the group of five and how schools were going to be moving. And of course, Conference USA is kind of left. Um, behind, um, but you know, hearing that they're pursuing a lot of the independent schools that are at least independent in football um, to try to get them to join their league um, is interesting. But I don't think this is anywhere near done. No, I would agree. I think um, the, the chess boards are going to continue to move, and, and wouldn't surprise me to even see the big conferences, uh, the, the Power Five, uh, not be settled where they're at, too. Um, oh, so yeah, they're so. definitely not. Yep. So. <laughs> Um, all right. Hot topic number two. Rapid fire it is. So topic number two, name, image, and likeness. Uh, um, we haven't talked about this ever. Uh, just kidding. Um, so what are you seeing, Ken, um, in the last month on NIL? So the big thing that caught my eye this last week was uh, Mikey Williams, uh, the high school player, high school basketball player, um, who is, I guess, believed to be the first um, one to sign a major NIL deal with Puma. 
and um, expected to be worth, I think I heard basically millions. Uh, so it's just it, kind of mind boggling that um, things seem to get off with a slow start with NIL, but here as we've moved in a few months in, we've gone not just from big, big deals occurring at the collegiate level, but I, I'm sure this is not the first uh, high school deal that we'll see. And um, that's real interesting to me. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's a multi-year deal, I believe. And being in high school, he, he attends a private school, so they're not subject to the state high school association um, rules. But it'll be interesting to see, is this going to cause more students to attend private high schools so they can get into these deals sooner and be noticed sooner? Um, will the states respond to that to try to keep some of these uh, student athletes in public schools? And then even what does this mean for college athletics recruiting? Um, what's the G League going to do in response to this? It's, it's another interesting aspect and hits home even more. These, these student athletes are now younger than 18, getting these huge NIL deals. Do they understand taxes? Do their parents understand <laughs> yep. what this means? And it, and like, this isn't a reason to not do it. Like you're making a ton of money. Just remember, set aside a little bit of it to pay Uncle Sam. Absolutely. And then, you know, another NIL um, thing that I think is cool is University of Florida has been doing some really interesting um, things. One of them is the Gator Collective, which um, is where athletes and fans can engage with each other through this um, centralized network. And then another one is Market. Price Florida, which um, is interesting because their tagline is uniting the Gainesville community through NIL, where um, it's almost like a crowdsourcing or something. Alumni can donate to this pool. Gainesville businesses can partner with Gator student athletes for these deals. And then Gator student athletes get paid for promoting local mm -hmm. businesses. And I think that's um, really incredible to be able to engage the local communities that support these university towns. Um, and being from Gainesville, of course, we're extra excited about that. Yeah, no, it is a, um, it continues to be a brave new world in that. Um, definitely poses some challenges for our friends in the uh, booster clubs uh, across the country that are uh, trying to go out and raise dollars while also now, you know, really competing against these collectives. So yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm curious, I want to <clears> get someone um, from one of our booster club clients on just to talk to them about their perspective. Is this something they're encouraging? Um, and maybe it's just re-diverting yeah. funds or, um, or is this something that has them up at night? Um, number three. So number three uh, we have here is still as a, a hot topic the Alston case, um, which of course allows um, uh, schools to basically um, increase the amount that they they pay over and above just the straight educational benefits. Um, you know, we've seen some activity. Uh, it's been well publicized that the SEC um, is all the SEC schools are participating doing this. Um, we're starting to hear from clients and others uh, of other schools investigating what to do, um, you know, still a lot of uncertainty and really not a lot written, uh, giving good guidance on it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it is pretty mm -hmm. slow to roll out. Um, and while conferences are adopting it, they're putting it on the schools to create their own plans. And I think there's a lot of fear of perceived collusion out there. And so they're trying to really steer clear of anything that might um, be perceived that way, just out of caution. And so it also helps let them be their own, um, still gives them maybe potentially recruiting advantages too. So I, I see the reasons for doing that. Um, one thing that we have seen that's worked really well in schools is when athletics 
and um, general counsel for the university or for athletics or both, and then financial aid, um, collaborate with each other uh, just to um, really talk about how things are structured. Um, and, you know, we talk about taxes a lot. I never thought we'd talk about taxes so much in our lives for college athletics, <laughs> but, but there could be different tax implications on how this is structured. So, you know, we, you want to be careful and think about that up front. No, absolutely. All right. Number four. Um, what's your, what's your item for number four? Um, so number four is college athletes seeking employee status. So we've seen this in the news, uh, the Johnson versus NCAA case, and then the recent non-binding NLRB letter, um, again, tax effects, mm -hmm. common theme, um, and, and really understanding what does that mean? What are the unintended consequences? Um, is this really, you know, it certainly gives student athletes, certain student athletes rights that under employment law that they may not have otherwise, but is it worth uh, some of those other consequences that could come out of it? Um, I don't know, Ken, if you have any thoughts or if we just want to direct everyone to our website where we have a thorough article. Um, no, I think that article uh, spells it out well. And as you said, uh, the unintended consequences are the big thing. I mean, you know, um, it sounds great, the idea of, oh, getting treatment as an employee, but, um, you know, that, that works well at the high dollar levels if you're going to be paid a large amount, but if it's just basically the amount of your scholarship, it could have some very negative consequences for the college athletes um, in, the, in those types of cases. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot there. It's not as simple and straightforward as it might seem. Absolutely. And um, just a plug, because many podcasts do this, they plug themselves. Um, so go to jmco.com. And if you go to our industry's collegiate athletics page, you can find our recent articles. You can sign up for updates to new articles. But in there is, um, you know, things to consider during college athletics reform. And we talk a lot about um, about this case, as well as some of the other activities that have happened recently and what some of those unintended consequences could be. Um, so really going into you know, Constitutional Convention, uh, those, those groups are meeting this month and making final decisions in January. So if they can be equipped with some of this information ahead of time, hopefully that avoids some problems later. All right. And now we thankfully finally get to the best one, my favorite, um, <laughs> the greatest TV show in the history of TV, in my opinion, at least in streaming TV. Yes. What is it, Katie? Uh, so hot topic number five, save the best for last, um, is Ted Lasso. And um, if you can't tell, we love Ted Lasso. And um, during the time it was uh, being released, we had important coffee meetings on Friday mornings so that we could talk about important work stuff and also watch Ted Lasso. Um, and uh, it's just, we find that it's so inspirational and um just positive and something that uh, everyone needs right now. So hopefully you've all seen it, but if you've been living under a rock, uh, we highly recommend it. Yeah, we'll try to <laughs> avoid the spoilers, um, but it's really hard to, to not talk about some of the spoilers as they go through. But I, I agree with you. It's um, considering that, you know, that Ted Lasso has been in this era of COVID and the COVID pandemic, it's been such a welcome kind of breath of fresh air uh, during this time period. Um, you know, I agree with you. It's, um, it's uplifting. Uh, there's so much redemption in the stories. I mean, I, I love Ted. I love all the characters and the way that they um, develop them. 
So who's your favorite character? So my favorite character, I think, changes over time. Um, I think in the first season, it, it would have been easy to say it was Ted Lasso because, I mean, he just is amazing and funny. And I, I love his outlook on life uh, and all that. But I would say in the, in the second season, um, it's interesting because my favorite character in the second season is Roy Kent. Uh, and in the first season, I was just kind of like, eh, he's fine as a character, you know, and all that. But um, he just turns absolutely amazing in the second season. So I don't want to give too many spoilers, but uh, I mean, his character takes on amazing depth in season two, I think. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. And because this podcast mm-hmm. is PG, I'll, I won't do the, <laughs> we the can't chance. can't use his language. <laughs> um, but he's, uh, he's a great character. I also like um, Coach Beard, who is a man of few words, um, but gets his point across. And um, Keely is also another really positive character that I really like. I can't pick just one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just think they're really great, but um, I also like the tactful way that they bring awareness to some of the social issues out there without being too political or in your face or making you want to just grunt and be like, Oh, I'm trying to escape this. And now they're bringing it in. I mean, I think, um, you know, and it really showcases for athletes, the powerful platform that they have to bring awareness to certain issues that are important to them and a way they can do it positively. So early in season two, um, the sponsor of their team, um, that one of the players uh, didn't like what that sponsor stood for and how he responded to that and then how the team responded around it. And then even when the game was finished, how um, the press responded and how he was able to uh, speak positively in that light. And it really had a lot of similarities to, you know, what some of the real um, deep issues are that that people are standing for, but did it in a lighthearted and positive and inspirational format. And, and I thought that was really powerful. No, I absolutely agree. And I think the other um, the other avenue that they've really done well, especially in season two tackling is just, you know, mental health um, in athletics and, and um, in just in society in general. And they've, they've handled it tactfully and, and thoughtfully. And, you know, it's definitely the type of thing that Ted Lasso can bring you to, you can be bowled over laughing at just amazing scenes, amazing lines, and then also crying a couple minutes later. Yeah. Dive into another area. Yeah. It's, it's, I think they've done a really good job of addressing a lot of these issues that are so important to people right now. And, and also they've done a really good job of just bringing more insight into the business of Mm -hmm. the English professional football clubs and then their whole league system with, promotions and relegations uh, between their different leagues at different levels, um, which I never really knew about because, um, you know, in America, football is life and that's, uh, you know, American football, that's that's not not soccer. (laughs) And so just learning more about that um, and even saw there's a book out there. A lot of people in the industry have started reading called The Club to learn even more about that. and so I, I think that that's just brought a lot of awareness to a really um, incredible sport uh, that uh, probably uh, isn't as um, re- well regarded as it could be in America. And so I, I just find that really interesting. And they've entered into a licensing deal with the Premier League for, I don't know, I think it was around 500,000 pound, 500, pounds uh, for that uh licensing deal for the show to be able to use some of their footage and 
uh, branding and things like that, which is really cool too. No, that is cool. And I've got to imagine the Premier League is just over the moon with the fact that basically they're getting some amazing promotion, you know, from one of the largest companies in the world and Apple. Uh, really, it's got to be, I, I can't imagine that this is doing anything but just helping uh, soccer ratings and, oh, sorry, I shouldn't call it soccer, football, uh, football ratings. <laughs> And um, <clears throat> just the impact on that. So, um, you know, this is, it, it's a huge, huge, powerful show on that front too. It is. And um, I also think it's a, a really good, we talk about this a lot, non-traditional revenue generators. So they've mm-hmm. been able to find that yep. and capitalize <clears throat> on it. And it's only going to make them more successful um, from a financial standpoint as well. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the other thing that the show is known for is just creating some amazing lines, uh, Ted and in particular has amazing lines. Um, do you have any particular favorites, Katie? Um, I, I have a lot of favorites. Um, I, I'm bad at memorizing them. So I did look some up, um, and took notes of a couple of them that made me laugh again. But, um, one is if God would have wanted games to end in a tie, she would have invented numbers (laughs) or sorry, wouldn't have invented numbers. Um, so, Again, that's, um, you know, kind of funny as an accountant and and just understanding more about the sport ending in a tie. And as we've seen in American football, uh, you can go nine overtimes and it'd be one of the most <laughs> painful experiences in the world. But dang it, we're not going to end in a tie. Yep. yep. Um, and then another one uh, that I really like is, as the man once said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And and I believe that, too, that very little it comes from actual luck and it just comes from hard work. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's an important, important reminder. Um, but yeah, the show, like I, like I said at the beginning, in my mind, it's the absolute best out there right now, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, and just I appreciate the fact that I can sit down and watch it and um, come away, you know, feeling better about myself, feeling better about other people, you know, just having a good laugh. I mean, it truly is a, a stress reliever. And it's a I think pointing us in the right direction uh, in a tough time. Yes. And I mean, it's about sports. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry in a good way and in an inspirational way. And um, I'm definitely in withdrawals now that the season's over. um, And I will frequently go back and rewatch the first two seasons over and over and over. That's one of those that I think I'll keep watching over again because it's just so great. No, I agree. And um, really, like I said, all the characters are amazing. There's only, again, we don't want to give a big spoiler. There's one character in particular that I cringe every time I see him on the on the screen, uh, but really all the others that like when they come on the screen, I'm like excited to see how they're going to use the character in that particular moment. So Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how, how well they do in the award shows going forward too. Um, well, thank you to our listeners for tuning in and hopefully feeling positive um, about this episode. And we hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving. Cheers. Cheers. To learn more about the James Warren Company Collegiate Athletics and Higher Education segments, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to sign up for insights to get our latest industry updates, news, and events delivered straight to your inbox. You can also follow us on Twitter at jmcohighered and on LinkedIn for the latest news as the landscape of collegiate athletics and higher education is continually evolving. 